We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers! With a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast that is a proud partner of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. As always, I am your host, Numak, joining you for another podcast as we talk about a variety of things this week, a potpourri of sorts, of sorts, a little bit touching on the uh, NFL PA survey that came out, some cap stuff, some Preston Smith stuff, and then a whole lot of goody stuff. And to break that all down with me is always my lovely co-host, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy? Doing well. I'm doing very well on Leroy Butler Day. It is. We are recording on Leap Day. We are recording on late day, so shout out uh, number 36. And I had to second guess myself. Yes, and shout out the other number 36, Nick Collins. R.A.P. to a real one. He's not dead. He's just not a football player anymore. (laughs) R.A.P. I was about to say, are you you announcing something that I don't know? No, just uh, his injury is the reason for the R.A.P. All of his injuries throughout his his career. And he was a big turn. Yeah, I'd say. Um, Any who's will be. (laughs) Let's jump right into it. The NFL report card came out this week. It was the talk of the NFL Twitter sphere for uh, most of Monday and Tuesday or whenever it came out. I think it came out on Tuesday, maybe. Um, 
whatever came out, it was the talk of the day because boy howdy did a lot of teams grade not so well on it, particularly the Chiefs, the Commanders, I believe the uh, the the Chiefs, the Commanders. I think the Chargers are down there. Yeah, they have three F's to their name and a couple other ones. High flyers included the Vikings, Dolphins, and the Packers were the uh, were the third ranked team grade wise. So all in all, a good thing for for the Packers. They got uh, let's see, one, two, three, eight B's, three A's, and a C. So twelve categories, I believe that is. So their highest, like most of these things, contextually too, in case you didn't get a chance to look at it. They grade out each player on their... Like, they, they ask each player about their own team. They don't ask them about other teams. And so you can have a maximum of 69 responses um, for your team as that's how many players are on the um, full roster plus the practice squad. And I believe, Jordan, mm-hmm. you had said that it was 1,700-ish players uh, that had responded uh, to, the, um, to the survey. Yes, I've seen over that number there's no exact number this is i'm getting from packers wire um but yeah quite quite the responses given even if it's not the full gamut of players that are in the nfl currently yeah the uh the biggest ones that stood out to me were the treatment of families as a c plus uh packers they had they do provide a family room but they're only one of seven teams that don't provide daycare for their for, for their players children on game day all right green bay like just give them daycare. This is a very simple ask for your players that are playing on the field for three hours during the game. Like, just provide some daycare. It's not that big of an ask. At least we're not the Chargers. Did you see that, Jordan? I did not. I only focused on the Packers, but please elaborate on how bad that the Chargers got graded. Uh, the Chargers got, F's. An, got, an, got Fs all around. Uh, the team charges $75 of uh, for the first child and $50 additional for each child. To do, Whoa, that, Jim to have, Harbaugh, you got some to things to fix over there. Yeah, that they, they pay that they make their pay, players pay to have child care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a major complaint from the what players is that ass. <laughs> a major complaint from the players is that the daycare is not convenient for the families to use and that the team charges players unlike most teams in the NFL. So I saw a funny joke where it was like, yeah, you charge for child care too if you employed both Philip Rivers and Antonio Camargo at the same time uh, for, for a while there. Two players with 20-plus kids to their name. <laughs> uh, but yeah, overall, like this isn't really like groundbreaking stuff coming from the Packers. It's just like good to talk about. I think the only thing that um, is honestly worth talking about is the coach and the ownership. So, um, Packers got a B plus 21st in this. 92% of players feel head coach Matt LaFleur is efficient with their time, 15th overall. And then the players feel that Matt LaFleur is moderately willing to listen to their locker room, 26th overall. Worth, like I said, contextually, that 8% of 69 is about six players, or is about, I'm sorry, four players out of the 69 that are on a full roster, if all 69 players filled out the survey. So, like, if your bottom four guys in your practice squad are thinking that Matt LaFleur is wasting their time, that's where that comes from. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying that it's still a pretty good grade <laughs> for Matt LaFleur. <laughs> yeah. 
Very much so. For what it's worth, uh, the top-rated t- uh, head coach was um, was Andy Reid. He had um, an A plus first. Andy Reid received a ninety point a nine point seven seven out of ten individual rating from his players. Ninety five uh, percent of players feel that Andy Reid is efficient with their time, and um, the players feel that he is willing to listen to the locker room sixth overall. So, like I said, Andy Reid, good coach, and I think that the the variance between Andy Reid and Matt Lafleur on this scale is like the gap is not very big. It's just one or two players here and there. Um. Then from the Packers players, Mark Murphy received a nine and a half out of ten from his players, uh, considering his willingness to reinvest in the team's facilities, which is good. We've definitely seen that coming from the Packers and however they're doing their renovations, whether it be the locker room, whether it be putting in the new. Um, this is a while ago now, probably close to ten years ago. The new practice facility on the other side of um, Don Hudson Field, like the new outdoor practice area, and then. Mm-hmm. The locker room, was, I think, was a while ago, but I think they're trying to get a new one of those. At least the players want a new locker room. But, yeah, I think it's... There's definitely no shortage of development at Lambeau Field. <laughs> no. <laughs> that would be... They're always doing something. Pretty mildly. Yeah. They're always doing something. Considering, like, I think when I was graduating from high school, they were building the big old... The big um, extension onto the parking garage for the players and everything. So, yeah. they're definitely listening which is good that they're listening to this this survey so i think seven minutes and 15 seconds is more than enough time on this survey would you say jordan should move on all i want to say is good job packers there we go good job they got they got a good grade after we gave out grades there we go <laughs> um the next biggest news that came out uh in the past week since we recorded is the big cap spike in the in the salary cap you looked like you're gonna say something no, I was just marveling at this. Marveling at this number? It it did make my eyebrows raise when mm-hmm. I saw the number. I was like, that seems higher than what it was supposed to be. Yep. You can thank the Swifties. Not entirely, but probably a good chunk. Probably, I wouldn't say it's negligible. That'd make you do a spit take. I, you know what's funny is I literally had the same thought. I was like, Taylor Swift? I mean, if you have a whole new audience watching football game, and a whole new audience watching big football game. That's as many that many more eyes you're going to be hitting, which is more money for advertisers. Anyways, mm-hmm. the salary cap for the 2024 NFL season will be set at 255 million, um, a 30 million dollar raise um, from where it was this past season at 224, which is incredible, but also very good news for the Packers as they're looking to restructure some of their deals to get um, some room in their cap space. And restructure deals and then help them move under the cap so they can make a move into the free agency and help re um, help solidify this team and what it's going to be looking like in years to come. So um, from that news right into relevant news, uh, right after I think that was announced, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was like, I don't think it was purposefully. It was, it was very either if it was right before it or it's right after it. I can't remember what yeah, it was. Yeah, regardless, it was very close in timing. But Preston Smith had his contract restructured. Um, this was first broken by ESPN's Field Yates. Um, he was the second player to agree to a contract restructure following Rashawn Gary, who did that. Um, the Packers ended up saving two point or two point four million in cap space for twenty twenty four. 
reducing basically it's a big pay cut for for Preston similar to what Aaron Jones did last year um but in exchange for taking the pay cut he can earn up to four million dollars in incentives um should he reach 10 or more sacks this next season which is good because now that locks up the Packers top two edge rushers coming out of this year we talked about it last week a little bit but I know I was I was and still am a fan of keeping Preston Smith around if you think about it I think it was might have been Andy Herman or Matt Schneeben had talked about how the uh rarely do you see and especially from the Packers a free agency pickup last six years like that's a pretty good free agency signing to get six years out of a free agent I believe if I was looking around, I believe Preston Smith ranks 12th in Packers history with sacks. I think it's like 41 and a half sacks, I guess. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. That would not surprise me, and the fact that he's staying you know, at least another year doesn't surprise me either. We talked about the need to have Preston Smith around. Like, he is, he's not flashy. He's not, like, uh, the most sexiest name. Um, but he's reliable and a shift defensively and schematically to where he's more used as a, you're a pass rusher, you're a disruptor, you are getting off the line, however many ways that you want to do it, whether it's strength, power, uh, you know, using explosiveness, he can bring all those things and it's not. And considering the the depth of that position right now, especially with you know one rotation edge rusher possibly gone for the entire season next year, you know who knows with JJ Enigbari, yes, with Enigbari, Preston Smith was a necessity. Like I don't think I think once they I think that was already kind of where it was trending to begin with, but Enigbari getting hurt kind of just reinforced like yeah you can't really move on from him. And the fact that the Packers do want to win now and you keep a player that, you know, is still productive, has a big voice in the locker room. Like, we focus on Aaron Jones and we focus on, you know, the few veterans that the, the Packers have. Preston Smith is, like, right there with them. Like, he's been there as almost as long as Aaron Jones. And to your credit, like, I know he was – we think of the draft and develop mantra of, like, that's your homegrown player. But, like, Preston Smith – can easily say that about himself considering that he's been able to kind of fight through the ups and downs and has really carved out a very unique path within the Packers kind of just framework of like how they operate because that is not common for the Packers to have a free agent last as long as they do um, or last as long as he has. Um, So yeah, I was very pleased with the news. Certainly. And if you're looking, I'm looking at um, the athletic had like free agency rankings by positions. And it's like, you kind of look at the edge rushers. I'm reading uh, this, the top 10 list right here. This is a, a belief from Randy Mueller. Number one is Brian Burns, who possibly be interjecting, interjecting, probably going to be franchise tag. Daniel Hunter is number two. Josh Allen, another franchise tag candidate. Then old friends, Darius Smith. Uh, Jonathan Greenard of the Texans, Bryce Huff, who is apparently not getting tagged by the New York Jets, Leonard Floyd from the B- Buffalo Bills, 
Chase Young at eight, Jadavian Clowney with the Ravens at nine, and DJ Warnham, who I believe got hurt by the end of last season with the Vikings. So Preston Smith could have easily probably made as much money or made more money if he were to hit the open market considering you look at those top three names, but they those guys might not be are uh, you know touchable maybe Daniel Hunter is but Josh Allen and Brian Burns are the one of the most premier pass rushers and they're still on the rookie contract or like have taggable um mechanisms with their teams so like Preston Smith could have easily been like yeah man, I don't really need to be friendly with my contract I could have easily just go out on the open market and, and see for myself how I'm valued, you know, elsewhere, and he didn't, and that is kind of saying something. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think, like what you're saying is 100% correct. With the edge rushers being how they are and being like like the better that Preston is, he easily could have gotten probably. I don't. It's not that it's his choice that he could have left. Like it's the Packers' idea that they had to keep him or cut him. But I, he could have easily went on and got a better deal from not a better deal but a similar deal to what he's going to have this year from another, from another team considering his his productivity um mm-hmm. what did you guess preston was for sacks i believe it's 12th um according to stat muse he's way higher than that he is mm, sick he is, I... he is sixth well okay so i was looking at pro football reference and they have willie davis at number one, when sacks, I don't think were even counted until like the eighties. Ah, that, that that is probably it because right now, according to StatMuse, which is the first link I ended up clicking on, was uh is the leader in the clubhouse with eighty three and a half. Who? Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews. Interesting. Clay Matthews, uh, Kabir, Kabir Baha Biamila, Biamila, Reggie White, Tim Harris, Aaron Catman, and then Preston Smith with forty one and a half. He could probably get as high as fifth, fourth or fifth. He'd have to have a really good year to pass Tim Harris at 55 flat. Mm-hmm. Um, but next couple years, maybe. But regardless, yeah, great stuff from from Preston. Happy to have him back for sure. Um, Tom Silverstein of Pat, not, uh, is it Packers Wire or is it USA Today? I forget. Green Bay Press Gazette slash Milwaukee yeah. Journal Sentinel since yep. they yep. use yep. their Good. coverage. Yep. I think that's Packers, technically Packers Wire. Um, Tom Silverstein had coverage of the restructure, and this is what he had to say um, regarding other restructures. The Packers, are, this is a quote, the Packers are not done trimming their cap according to a source. They have plans to restructure more contracts and push cap tra- uh, charges into the future to create space now. Among the candidates for restructure are defensive tackle Kenny Clark, quarterback cornerback Jair Alexander and guard Elton Jenkins. So uh I wouldn't be surprised if we see all three of those guys have their their contracts restructured in the the um the short term here. I think they have to do it before the what? league year. Yeah, is that March March 13th. March 13th. So within the next couple of weeks, so um I'm trying to see we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. That does it for that. Should we roll right into General Manager Brian Gunnkunz's comments? Because I think that's a natural, a natural segue to what he had to say during uh, the combine this week down in Indianapolis. Goody, 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 talking everywhere. Because there's a lot. Of- <laughs> I cannot believe you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Do you want to start with uh, with David Bakhtiari? Yeah, let's do it. Because it's uh, probably... It's easily the elephant in the room at this point. Yeah. Um... On Dave Bakhtiari, quote, we're not there yet, but we're getting there. This is that time of year where we're we're looking at everything, and those decisions will come pretty soon, he said. It's part of my training from Ted Thompson. It's just different things that can happen in the world, so don't make any decisions before you have to. I think we have a few weeks before the free agency starts, another league year starts, and we'll get through that. We'll get through that and go from there. So, uh, Packers would clear up $21.5 million in cap space for 2024 if they would cut... Bakhtiari before March 13th. Um, under this scenario, Bakhtiari would count as $20 million in dead cap on salary um, this year. So, with that being said, I think it's... Goody, I think, is being quite... Um, what's the word? Help me out here. What's the word? Um, kind? Have... Civil? Like Civil's a good one. Um... Professional, professional, I think is the best one. Like he's there's just, another word that I'm searching for, and I I, I keep, think you and I are thinking of the same word, and I can't think of what it is. I keep cordial keeps coming to my cordial mind. Cordial is the word. Not, that's what I. That's is that what, really? Yeah, cordial okay. is the word I was thinking of, because it's a foregone conclusion that Dave Bakhtiari has played his last snap as a Packer. They cannot continue yep. to be. They cannot continue to to pay Dave Bakhtiari for the games he doesn't play, and just not knowing the status of his injuries. They know the status, and it's grim. And just not knowing how he'll be able to rehab. Like, you don't know if he'll be able to rehab coming back from this this latest two surgeries and how he'll be after that. Like, will he be an all-pro? Just as well maybe. But it's so hard to predict after he's played so little since, what, 
I, I forget Jordan was that 2020 yeah when he injured it 2020 or 2019 yeah 2020 because that was yeah the year that they went to so, the championship game and lost to the Buccaneers yep and so it's just like it it really really stinks but it's just it's a foregone conclusion at this point but Goody Goody is doing a good thing and not just airing him out to the media uh, on Combine Day or during Combine Week. Yeah, I am completely aligned with your kind of forecasting in this situation because it's just like no one wants to just put it out there that they're going to cut him. Everybody knows what it what is happening, what's been happening. It's been, you know, it's not through any fault of anyone. <laughs> Packers would like a healthy David Bakhtiari to contribute to them, but they cannot guarantee that will happen. Plus, like you mentioned, like it's not necessarily about whether he's gonna make it you know, be at all pro level. Like I personally feel that is not possible if you're not healthy. Yeah. But they have to make they have this, you know, deadline looming. And I you're not even close to knowing how he what the physical comes back. Like what is what is the for lack of a better word, the wellness check of of his entire body. I know he's talked about one he's not he doesn't want to retire. I don't want him to retire either. If you if you want to exhaust all options and try to, you know, still make money, still play a game that you love, so be it. That that I'm all for it. But this is when tough decisions have to be made. The more money that you make, and if you're not able to contribute to, you know, live up to that number, then hard decisions have to be made. Like it, that's where you just kind of, I don't, I'm not envious of these kind of decisions because it is for a player like Bakhtiari, who has been a Packers lifer who has really de- developed into one of the best left tackles of the last decade and played a huge part in this team for a very long time. Like emotions get wrapped into it, but then, you know, for a, <laughs> to be on the other, on the side of like, well, yeah, I'm just going to just cut it, his career, you know, that that's it. Like it is not guaranteed that David Bakhtiari does play with another team. No, absolutely not. So that from that perspective, it's like then why continue on? Like I, I Rob Demosky had kind of the breaking down the entire situation of like, well, they could keep him after the fact and all this stuff, but there's just so much uncertainty with David uh, David Bakhtiari's knee and everything that's happened over the last four years. And yeah, it's that's you just can't count on it, unfortunately. No, unfortunately, you can't. I think I think you put it perfectly. Is that this deadline looms on March thirteenth, and they won't be able to see how his knees responded to these surgeries until probably, I guess I don't know the, the recovery time of the surgeries he had, but they're not gonna be able to get him testing or know how how well he looks until training camp, because they're not gonna make him go through OTAs. They're not gonna make him go through mini camp. Like they won't know until August. We would just be going through the same. Same, yeah, cycle. the same thing we went through last year and the year before yeah. that, and so it's and just, that is if he would be ready for the start of camp, which yeah. is we don't you don't know, 
Yeah. Like it, it's just it's just tough. So it it stinks, but it's it's just kind of the the way it is. Yeah. Um, moving on from one left tackle to the other, uh, he had things to say about Rasheed Walker and the Packers' long-term future left tackle. "Quote: I certainly think he's already shown that he's done a great job. Um, I want competition at all five spots, but Rasheed again, another guy that that the improvement in the work that he put in is exactly what we want." Expect to, and we expect him to get oh my word and we expect him to continue to get better but he had a pretty good year last year he's got a ton of upside great person i'm excited to see where he'll go i think it's optimistic to look out like that he's going to continue to grow like that like i think most people including you and i are probably of the mindset that rashid walker can, can continue to grow and become a pretty solid left tackle in the league i worry about um one year sample sizes not one year but like just the sample size we have for Rashid Walker and what that does for possible like drafting uh strategy like do they go get a tackle um in their in the first round this year to supplement either Rashid Walker or Zach Tom and move Zach Tom inside the guard like they had done two years ago when he was a rookie this sort of what what they do with that so I think I think Goody's comments leave the oh, the option of drafting a tackle in the first round pretty wide open talking heavily about the competition at all five spots yes i and this is coming after a year where they didn't take any offensive linemen in their draft class first time in a long normal. time first time in a long time that's not normal the of the packers you know drafting mantra so yeah and, and there's a lot of good offensive linemen in this this coming class so how they look at that and you know size up what they saw from Rashid Walker and project that into well is this guy a starting caliber you know left tackle I think so is he the future left tackle I don't know that's again <laughs> big shoes to fill on that front because the guy that they're you know replacing is essentially replacing was there for a very long time and, and held that down for, you know, over what Seven. healthy wise, probably eight seasons. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think like you, you, the way you put it is perfectly like, like the, the ghost of David Bakhtiari is still in the locker room. The idea yeah. of this is what you're intending to replace with David, like with Rasheed Walker, like this is David Bakhtiari. You need to slot into his, his silhouette pretty perfectly for this team to have success not that they did have success last year when Rasheed Walker was playing obviously they did but it's one of the most important positions of football the blind side of your quarterback and so if you have a bad one it's very noticeable when David Bakhtiari was a fourth round pick in the 2013 NFL draft and the last first round pick they've spent on an offensive lineman or a left tackle I should say probably Derek Sherrod? Yes. yes. God. So. Dog. Just dog water pick. All respect to Derek Sherrod, but what a what a bust. Yeah. I don't think he, great. I don't think he finished his contract. He did not. I believe we talked. I can't remember I think if we, we talked about this already. <laughs> no, yeah, I but I, I just wanted to reiterate, like, I have seen a lot of, I do think it's very, as we get closer to draft time. I do feel like people are going to be like, ugh, 
They drafted a lineman. They, they went that way. People went, oh, it's the safe pick. Yeah. But it's also like, you might need, like, they do have to reinvest in their offensive line. The, yep. the, the best five guys are the starting lineup or starting line, whatever you want to call it. Yep. But they could easily lose, they're going to lose at least a few. Yeah. For sure. They're going to lose uh, Runyon for sure. Not, I shouldn't say for sure, but he's a free agent and I wouldn't expect him to be like back. Him. And, Nyman. like, who? Yeah. Yeah. Josh, yep. Josh Nyman. Like, I think, frankly, it just makes a whole lot of sense to draft a tackle. And if they're a right tackle by nature, that's fine. Throw where she keep where she walker at left, draft a good right tackle, move Zach Tom into guard to fill up Brunyan's spot, let EJ at the other guard, and then draft a center. Like, it's. They're gonna. I think they're gonna draft at least two or three linemen. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they take. A you got eleven picks. You got plenty of flexibility. Yep. We'll talk about picks a little bit later, but, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see for sure. Uh, moving on to the linebacker room, talking about Quay Walker, Devondre Campbell. Um, I think we have to move Devondre Campbell talk up unless it's already in there. I know it's already in there. I just can't read. Any who's will be. This is from again. Still from Goody. Quote, it's a good group. It's a little thin right now. I could not agree more. Uh, that's, a, that's a me, Numac, interjection. Quote, there's, a, <laughs> there's some guys that we'd like to get back. We're going to have to add, and I think particularly there's not a lot of personnel changes we're going to have to make with the scheme change. That is, end quote, that is going from Joe Barry to uh, Jeff Halfley's scheme, going from 3-4 to 4-3. Um, quote, but we'll probably have... But we'll probably have to carry a couple more linebackers in the training camp, maybe one or two more through the uh, 53-man roster as we go through. So a bit will be a little bit more heavy there, so we're going to have to add some numbers. I think that's a good way to look at it as 4-3 needs more just off-ball linebackers just by the nature of uh, by the nature of the defense. So it's a tough year for linebacker in the draft. It's just It's just not one of those drafts, like it's a good QB draft. It's a good receiver draft. It's a good, um, lineman draft, but not a good cornerback running back or safety draft, which is what the Packers need in particular. Um, but as we talked about linebacker is a need, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Like, I think we'll, we got to hop right into the, like the elephant in the room is Devondre Campbell is the easily the biggest question of the, of this, of this room whether or not they bring him back. And I think with the scheme change, they almost have to. Which sucks. They almost have to bring him bring him, bring him back. Cuz like they are thin. Like I think he's I think he gets brought back if they restructure him or if they just keep his contract as is. It's it's hard to to cut him and not just bring him into camp as an option to see if he can be better. You know what I mean? Like We've talked about it at length on on the pod that he just hasn't looked good, hasn't been the player we thought he was. Like I think I said just last week that they need to probably part ways with them, but after discerning about it a little bit more, you kind of just think if they need more off-ball linebackers and the room's already pretty thin, do you really cut one of your veterans that maybe, I'm not going to say is a leader because I, I don't want to over-speculate just on his impact in the locker room. Like, I don't think he's as important as as Aaron Jones or Preston Smith or Kenny Clark. That's not disrespectful. It's just, I think, how it is. And he, and he might be. He's, he wore the green dot enough during his during his tenure here. But 
I just don't think you you thin out that 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 room more than you have to before you need to, as Goody said. If they need to make a decision on it, they probably try to restructure him, restructure his contract, and then and then go from there. Yeah, it's not easy. I think this is easily the hardest and it is probably the most loaded decision because it infects like everything. You know I mean? Like you just got a new defense coordinator. He's incorporating a new system from the jump. The year that you're doing this, the draft is not loaded with talent in this regard. Free agency is a little hard for you to maneuver around. And even then that like Devondre Campbell's kind of like the cautionary tale of this where he has a really good first year with the Packers, all pro level, as we talked about last week. You give him big money and health might not be on his side. He's not as effective. He's losing a step in part because he has injuries or whatever. Like he is 30. Like that is teetering on the edge of like, okay, you're out of your athletic prime, regardless if you have bumps and bruises, which just happens with football. I, I don't know. It That's where it's like, I feel like they, they really want to push the kind of as much as they can to like really reinvest in that position, but they taking complete assessment of where you're going to, the decisions that you're going to be making, where you're going to be put, you know, putting more money in and all that stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like this might be a lose-lose situation where it's like, yeah, you cut Devondre Campbell, but you don't have anybody that you replace him with is not that good. Yeah. Or you keep him around and he's proved that he's not that you know, he can't reclaim what he showed in his first season. Yep. You know, like that I don't know. This is it's a it's very a, it's a hard one. A higher wire act. So the Packers this is from Packers Wire. Uh the Packers could attempt to restructure his deal, which would using his roster bonus as a lever to pull to gain cap space in twenty twenty four. Releasing him pre June one would save two point six million dollars on the cap this year, but accelerate over eleven million dollars in dead money onto the cap. A post-June 1 cut would save over $10 million on the cap this year. Um, the difference being is that this is from Goody, um, from a Tom Silverstein article. I believe I'm trying to say. Sorry, I'm trying to see if this is from Goody. Is this, is this first quote from Goody? Do you know, Jordan? That uh, linebacker, the, the two dynamic inside linebackers? Uh, yes. That is from Goody. Okay. Um, talking about Jeff Hathley's scheme, quote, when asked if having two dynamic inside linebackers is a must in Hathley's scheme. Sorry, quote, it is not. Continue your, you. I should have let you finish. Okay, no, you're good. <laughs> um, a former coaching associate of Hathley said that uh, of the fact that the 49ers, Jets, and Texans have tackling machines at both inside linebacker positions. This is from Goody. Let's just say this is not a coincidence. Let's just say it's not a coincidence. Which we've talked about, like no, the... that is from the source of Tom Oh, I, I see. So it now. that quote was basically associate. yes. Got that it, quote it, was it. basically you look at the kind of 
coaching tree and how it's the roots and where it's gone and how it's spread elsewhere. And all the, this defense is really pride in these really fast linebackers and of course have thrived, whether it's Houston, San Francisco, even New York with the jets, you know, making the dumb, dumb decision to commit to Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that is kind of that. I thought that was a very interesting quote. Regardless. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I don't know. I can, I definitely think they need linebackers who can tackle. Like that is the biggest thing about a four, three is your off ball linebackers have to be able to stop the run and have to be able to tackle quite well. Like that's my biggest thing about this draft is like I would love, 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 love them to get an absolute dog out of linebacker. It's gonna be hard. Like there's, there's not a lot of like outstanding ones, but you can always find like I don't want to say success in the aggregate to make it like money ballish sounding, but if they just put another two linebackers with Quay Walker, I think that's a that's a good core. You just wouldn't have your stud at linebacker. You'd have it with Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary, and hopefully you can find some guys in secondary that can really pop out um, in the next year or two in the draft or in free agency, which we'll get to in a, in a second. But um, this is more from Tom Silverstein. There's no question that Quay Walker will be one of the two linebackers in the in the on the team. The Walker has every bit of pursuit qualities Halfley seeks, and according to a source, the Packers would love to move him to the weak side position where he wouldn't have all the play calling responsibilities he had as an inside as he had as an inside linebacker and could be free to run to the ball. Like, yeah, that's that'd be important. That is like he's a a good tackler and just needs to be able to, I think, just be let play. Like just let loose, let him play. I um I have the a top ten list, the same article from the Athletic of linebackers if we just want to go through some names. Sure, go for Would it. You, here's some names. Patrick Queen, almost certainly probably gonna be tagged or something like that. Um Frankie Louvu from the Panthers. Devin White from the Buccaneers, who I believe is also franchise taggable. Um Blake Cashman from the Houston Texans, Jordan Brooks with a Y from the Seahawks, Lamonte David, Mr. Iron Man. For for, <laughs> for what it's for what it's worth, um the Buccaneers are likely not retaining Devin White. That was reported like the last really? the last week or so. Yeah, because, because I guess they have to do with it's it's either him or Anton Winfield Jr. That is right. And so they, they can't have both. And so he could come back, but the Ooh. the um um, the idea that has come out last last week, and there was even some articles today. Um, one from the Tampa Bay Times headline: uh, "Don't expect Devin White to be back with the Bucks." So, yeah, if we got Devin White, I'd be very happy. But continue, go ahead. You might you just you just be my name. Not that it's a done deal. Anyway, yeah. Um. Number seven, Aziz Al-Shahir from the Tennessee Titans. Bobby Wagner at eight. Jordan Hicks from the Vikings, who I think he, something happened with him at the end of the season. I think he either hurt or something. It was something weird. I can't remember. And then Anthony Walker Jr. of the Cleveland Browns. I'm also not a fan of bringing Bobby Wagner. Like, I think he's fine, but he's also old. Like, I'd like a guy in his prime if we're going to spend money on a linebacker. You're kind of already. Yeah, you know I mean, like, you're 
you're if you're making that decision, then you're gonna have to make it again in one or two years. Exactly. I want a yeah. guy that can be a sustained contract, four years or something like that, like or a or or a stud for three. Like I, I think Bobby Wagner is is good. I'm not sure he's stud worthy for the next three years. Is he a dud worthy? I don't think he's a dud worthy. Um, I think he's no. no, no. I was just playing up. Okay. Rhyme. Sorry. Um, Devin White. Now I'm just going to be thinking about this the entire time. Like, yeah. That is. I didn't. The Buccaneers are really side note. They're in a r- real bind with like being good by the end of the season that they have to make big decisions. Like, obviously, quarterback is the biggest one. But Antoine Winfield, Devin White, Mike Evans. Yo, that's four. It's like maybe your four best players. Yeah. Not named Vita Vea either. Um, yeah. Hard decisions and hope maybe some team gobbles up an impact he, player. He might. I'm trying to find the market value for for Devin White on Spotrack. Um. Spotrack has him at um ten million dollars annually. So like in line mm. in line with uh with Devondre's initial um initial contract Tremaine Ed- Tremaine Edmonds's contract from last year uh that he signed with the Bears stuff like that. So not out of the realm of the Packers spending possibility but makes it a little bit harder. I Yeah. Your, your your brain's on a one track mind now. You, I am not. I, I, I know. I've, I've I know. Frozen I know. You. I've frozen I have, you. I've been frozen. Um, much like Mister Freeze. Okay, Samuel. That's enough. Um, anything else on the linebackers, or should we move on? Um, again, I I, I think it's probably the biggest. Safety is just so, like, bare, but that could easily get filled up pretty quickly. Like, I, I do think they're going to have to make a hard decision between those two positions in terms of, like, improvement. Where they, like, those where are, they spend their money on. They have the biggest room for improvement, whether it's draft or free agency, but eventually, like, the rubber's going to have to meet the road because they're going to do other things that we'll get into and, you know, all that good stuff. But for shaping the defense, like, <laughs> this is not – it's not the greatest year to do that when it's a draft class like this and a free agency class that has some impactful players, but you know, it's kind of fool's gold sometimes. Why don't they just sign Anton Winfield Jr. and Devin White? Maybe that would help. Things. You know, that, that might be the, that might be the answer. <laughs> um, moving on. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The, excuse me, I guess Bradley head to the offense because there wasn't too much talk from Goody on the offense because it is clicking so well. But the, uh, the biggest thing is that for all of you looking out for a contract extension from Jordan Love, you're going to have to wait a little while. Um, per the new CBA, players cannot sign new contracts until a year after they sign their last one. And so since the Packers gave Jordan Love a contract just before they had to make a decision on his fifth year option in May last year, uh, Jordan Love's contract cannot be um, announced and signed until, um, until May 3rd of this year. Uh, Goody said at the combine, quote, I'm sure we'll see David, uh, I think it's Malagata and Andrew Kessler at some point while we're here. Uh, all of our guys, Russ, uh, Russ Ball, and a, and a lot of our scouts have meetings set up through the week. It's a good information gathering time for sure. So it is what it is, but I would expect May 3rd to hit shortly thereafter. And uh, we'll see a new Jordan Love contract. Jordan Love will be swimming in cash. Yep. He's taking, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the wide receiver room, Goody said, quote, I mean, I like our group. Um, nothing set in stone with that group, which I love. I love the competition there, but we'll add to it if the right guys are there for sure. Which I think is an interesting thing to come out of out of Goody's talks. Like, we talked about, we talked a couple weeks ago, we talked about it in the Discord. Brief interruption. Join the Discord. GSP.info. Um, you can find the invite all of there. But, between Jaden Reed, Romo Dobbs, Dontavion Wicks, Malik Heath, Bull Melton, Luke Musgrave, and Tucker Craft, they have a lot of pass catchers. That that's not even including Christian Watson. Because I was gonna say you did not mention him. Well that that's the reason I don't mention him, right? Is because they they don't have a post player in a wide receiver. Like they just don't have like a like guy to run the post as a wide receiver. They do with their tight ends, which is fine. They could use them just as fi- as well that way. But say they get to twenty five, and for some reason, uh, Keon Coleman is there, or some uh, one of the other top receivers. Like I say, um, I say it like it will be Rome Rome Adunze uh, or Marvin Harrison Jr. It obviously won't be. But like Keon Coleman is mocked thirtieth. He's quite the player. Brian Thomas Jr. from um, LSU is mocked uh, 23rd. And then you have a bunch of guys who I think I've seen a little bit. I refuse to draft Vlad McConkey. I can't have that guy on my team. That's just a, a stupid... Yeah. And then a couple of Texas guys. Um, I think it's... Uh, I think it's Mitchell. Adonai Mitchell is a stud. He, he played for Georgia, won a game winning touchdown for them in the national championship game had another crazy catch i believe in the michigan texas semifinal that i think pushed it to ot if i'm not mistaken so like he'd be a good get if he's available when the packers want to take him so like i don't think it's it's always been bpa for the packers right best player available i i i wonder if best packer available i mean that literally that would be the case but 
I, I'd be curious to see if they invest heavily or even just invest at all wide receiver this year. Like, they might, they might. I not. think it's a lock. You think they do? I think it's a lock. Oh yeah. I'd be curious as to. Oh yeah. I, if you if if you think it's a lock, I think I'm curious as to when. You know, because like. Well, certainly not the first round. But I like I don't think that's a bad idea, like because it's not a good draft for any of the, any of the the positional players that they need. If if the draft shakes out in which they fall, in which like no tackles fall, and none of the guys they want at like safety or cornerback are there, like say, uh, Kenyon Mitchell there is 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 gone. Cooper DeGene is gone. Um, Coley McKinstry is gone. Like if those guys are gone, and what I guess what do you do if you can get a stud receiver like Keon Coleman is or like Mitchell? Because I don't think I think those are like the two that are really gonna be in in their wheelhouse there. I wouldn't be surprised if that's if they go like Keon Coleman is six four, and uh, Adon yeah Adonai Mitchell is also six four. Like they need a big six four guy, and. Those are the guys there. But at the same time, Man. they pick. What where, where do they pick? 25, I 25, believe. 45, 41. So, right. 50, but that's, that's what I'm saying. They have, they have 16 picks between 25 and 41. Yeah, 16. Like, yep. do. What do you. How, how do they assess their need there? Do they draft need first or do they draft best player available? Because they could reach on a guy. Like, right now. Um, Tankathon has been taking Ennis Rakeshaw Jr. out of Missouri at cornerback. And then at uh, 41, they have him taking um, Tyler Newbin, the safety out of Minnesota. But say, instead of taking the, the cornerback, they take um, they take a receiver. And then assess secondary in the, the, the two picks they have in the second round. Like That's still a good time to get... Um, to get good players or secondary second round, they pick at forty one and fifty eight. So, I don't know. Like, I, I'm genuinely curious as to where they'll invest in wide receiver if they do. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. I wouldn't be surprised if they took one high either. Yeah, I I just think we all loved kind of the unpredictability of how the Packers offense shaped out by the end of the year where you look at one game and you look that's the January game. This game is Romeo Dobbs. That game is Luke Musgrave or whatever. But I do think with the injury history of Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs is a good but not like great wide receiver. Jay Reed, really good, excellent rookie season. Where does he go from there? Dontavia Wicks has breakout potential going into next year, but health, I mean, he left five games, it felt like, with, you know, nagging injuries and stuff like that. Like, it's not as it's not set in stone. Nothing is set in stone. And really, like, the biggest theme of any of Goody's comments over the last probably month, basically, between the scouting combine and, you know, his end of the season kind of reflecting everything, was just competition building on what is already there. Iron sharpens iron, all that stuff. But if you incorporate new players to kind of, hey, you're not, like, nothing is guaranteed to you. Not make, making forward. sure that guys don't get complacent. Exactly. And they're in a very 
fortunate position to kind of like they're not they're they're not super versatile or flexible in free agency, even though that is increasing with the cap spike and any restructuring that they do. But with a lot of draft picks to kind of build it up further, depending on how many they use, I don't think they'll use all eleven, but that's another you know thing entirely. Topic we'll get to um, in a moment. <laughs> yes, um, I just think like I, I don't I think my overall kind of outlook with everything is like I would not be surprised by anything outside of quarterback. Yes. Yeah. You, you know what I mean like you just, no, I know. you can't put you can't put expectations on like yeah that is what they're they're set there. Yeah. Like, they can, but it could change easily. Yeah, I totally agree. I think like, um, well, I guess we'll 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 put this conversation back up in like two seconds. Um, briefly, Goody had a couple comments on their second running back behind Aaron Jones. "Quote: I do think we would always like to have one power bigger back on the roster for short yard situations, and playing in weather and closing out games." Not doesn't sound great for AJ Dillon. If that's like. I guess I, I guess I took that in the context of the rapid combine, but maybe he still comes back. I'm not really sure what they're going to do with AJ Dillon, but I guess do you have anything on the running back before we get to our? No, I, I, I think it's interesting that they, they really like that profile. I think it's a necessary profile. Like I also like that. I like the, the dynamic duo of a jump cutter slasher, like Aaron Jones paired with a bruiser. Like, I, I just think it adds a good dynamic to an offense that... Because, like, Aaron Jones is unique in the fact that he can do both at times. But I think whichever running backs are going to be on the Packers roster, they need to be able to pass catch. So You want uh you want a Lendell White to Aaron Jones' Chris Johnson? Sure. I'm talking mid-2000s. I know you Titans are. Yeah, baby. I don't know why you think I'd know that. <laughs> I was I was a child. I was watching my favorite team and nobody else. <laughs> I know I know CJ two K. Lindell White is a name I've heard before, but not a uh, whole lot. But getting back to the the point at hand, this is Goody on their slew of draft picks. Like I said, they have eleven this year, uh, including their like that includes their compens compensatory picks, uh, five in the first hundred picks. Quote. The team's draft capital also gives us a little bit of flexibility, whether it's moving around within the draft or if there's players out there, veteran players that are available, that could be a possibility as well. So here's where I sit. I think my brain goes back and forth every time I sit down to, to talk on this pod with you, Jordan, is that what do we do with 11 picks? This team is already very young, was young by necessity, not by choice, or was young by young because they had to be, not because they chose to be. They just, I guess, no, that that's not right. I mean, that's it fed into them choosing this. Yeah, they're the way they were forced to be young, and then they chose to stay young. They didn't go sign yeah. veterans, and they let they just wanted to Forever see what young. they had. That's right. I want to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with 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 how I think about now this draft with eleven players, I think you're. If they use all 11 picks, they don't move around, they don't use any of those picks to trade up or go get a veteran player um, that's out there like on a tag or something. 
what I worry about is that you're walking a line that could be bad because we've seen sophomore slumps before and banking on your rookies having a big leap and then but instead of and and instead regressing while also bringing in more rookies that maybe don't flourish the way that this rookie class did could spell I don't want to say disaster but could spell mid this year you know what I mean like it the, the expectations are now way higher than they were at the beginning of last year and regression from your rookies on the offensive side of the ball I mean even I'll just start with the offensive side of the ball because that's where a lot of the rookies were it would would be difficult to to handle with if the rookies don't really stand out like they should or like like they did this past year but at the same time that that would be hard man it would be really really good cap wise and really good team building wise if the first two years of your Jordan Love era drafts are just home run drafts like they they did so well last year in the draft Goody did at least what looking back on it one year later if he can pick 11 players that can play or seven players that can play out of this 11 particularly towards the top of the draft I mean this team's going to be young and good for a while and it just like sets you up to pick and choose your the most impactful players out of these next two these last two this one and last year's a 2023 class pick the players that are the best for what you need for each side of the ball and then draft some more like it just it gives you so many options if you keep hitting on these players to be able to extend the ones that are the most beneficial to your team and what lead most into team success like i don't want to get too far down the road but like tucker craft and luke musgrave both finishing off the rookie contracts in green bay and then and then re-signing is probably unlikely like they're probably not Mm going to pay big money to two tight ends when that time comes it's going to be one or the other same thing with jane reed untaven wicks bo melton and Malik keith like they don't all all expire at the same time but they're all in the same timeline you're going to pick the ones that fit the best of what is basically going to pick the best ones, obviously. If Malik Heath goes on to have a really good career and is really good over these next two years, so be it. Congratulations. Go get your contract. But I just like the idea of just keep getting all these draft picks and keep drafting well. It's hard. Like, it, it's definitely hard. But I just like the idea of being, being a, a young team as now if the 23 class can really keep growing, keep progressing as players and leaders, oh man, having this that group be the leaders into subsequent years of good drafts could spell success in a huge way for the Packers. I think the key to digest all of this is that this is being said by Goody under the pretense that he thinks that they could win or contend for a Super Bowl as soon as next year. I agree. Like I think that I don't I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I don't I think all, it is either. I would also say you don't see a lot of young teams do that. No. Like this Packers team is really young. Maybe like 
maybe the Seahawks are the example of it where Russell Wilson's in his second year, I believe. Marshawn Lynch was more of a veteran, but like right. all those the Legion Boom was a very young defense. Yep. Like they're again, you're kinda of like running through like all these super winners of the last ten years or whatever, basically since like kind of the new cap rules have been. Ba- since the Packers last won the Super Bowl, like it, the paradigm has shifted, but it's it's a young team like where the Packers stand out. It's kind of an anomaly, and obviously they're not even there yet. So that's where I'm like, I do agree with everything that you're saying because it's not these guys that we think are not everybody's going to hit. Not every no. The Packers might have a, a completely different view of how they view their development, their investment. Maybe injury happens. It's just, that's how it works. But they are looking at Lucas Van Ness being the highest draft pick or lowest that you want to call it, whatever. Being the Not highest, highest. That they, highest, yeah. Being the highest draft pick that they make for a while. You know what I mean? He was 13th or 15th overall, whatever it was. Um, and if you're contending for Super Bowls, you're not necessarily finding impact players late in the first round, but Packers specialty has always been kind of finding like deep in the draft. And, and maybe they're not serving the use of like a five to seven year career, but like three years, they're really relying on it. Like every once in a while you hit on David Black Cherry, or it could be a, you know, character Valentine. To... Yeah, exactly. Like that. I don't know. It just kind of runs the game and everything. So that's where I'm like, I just don't think they're going to use all picks because I think they really believe in kind of bringing in a more ready now win player at some point. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to trade their first rounder. I don't think that's all that they want to do, but to they can address both now and in the future, like they usually do where if they make a splash in free agency, it'll certainly be more on the present side and then draft and develop wherever long and what pick that they do. Do you want to hear my idea for for this draft? Yes. So, with the idea that, going off of what I was on a tangible earlier, that 11 picks is a lot of picks. And if they pick all of them, picks. they're still believe, very young. I believe they, that is even more that they had last year it is they are i think i've talked about that i forget if i've talked about this on the pod or in the um or in the discord so if it's on the pod i apologize for pre myself if it's in the discord you're clearly missing out on what is some good analysis here the packers according to tankathon have the fifth most valuable draft i think they are top two or three in number of picks this year behind only yeah. i'm not mistaken the rams and the Cardinals. The Cardinals and the Rams, frankly. Like, in that order. Um, but they have picked 25, 41, 58, 88, 91, 127, 168, 204, 216, 243, and 251. So here's my idea. The Packers currently have, like I said, five picks in the top 100. If they really need a stud, if there's a guy they really like, that they think they can be like a, a true game changer... The Saints currently pick at 14, and they have the Broncos' second-round pick at 45. They don't pick again until the fifth round. My idea 
is see what you can like hey hey saints instead of having two picks in the top 100 would you like three do you want um the packers extra second and third round pick you can give them the highest ones if you'd like 41 and i forget what the other one is at the top off the top of my head 60 something so i better check this before i i just i just listed them 58 do you want 41 or no i'm sorry 41 and 88 mm-hmm. in exchange for 14 so then the packers move up to 14 and still pick a 25 like i think or they can throw i don't know if they could do that i don't know if they could either but like that was like my like pie in the sky big brain thing is that yeah maybe you give them a second a third and a fourth to move up to take their one over and give them more picks because the saints aren't that good right they they aren't pieces they aren't one piece away they aren't two pieces away from being good if they can build a build a a core with a with two seconds a third and a fourth rather than just two players maybe that's something they're enticing to do like that's kind of like my idea is that then the packers pick at 14 they pick at 25 they can get two players they're probably pretty happy about getting in the first round and then still have two good picks in the second and third round coming. You know what I mean? Like, I think that'd be like, again, that's my pie in the sky idea. I'd be ecstatic if they did that because I know Goody said he doesn't like trading up in the first round because he usually takes future firsts. I don't know. I think this, the Saints situation is a unique one in that they literally have a hundred and four picks between their second pick and their third pick. And they're, not, um, and they're and they're bad. Yeah, I'm trying to find. I feel like because they are just straddling this line of like always restructuring, but not really going one way or the other. Like they're just slow falling, free falling into just non-competitiveness. I was gonna say nothingness, but that's a little harsh, but also kind of true. I feel like. The cap res is probably not even good enough for them <laughs> to get under the cap because of just how many things that they they have just like pushed over and over and over again. I don't know. No, I agree with you. I think that like they're just not in a good spot, frankly. They just aren't. And we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they. So as of when the news broke that the cap was rising to the number that it's at at two fifty five, they were over forty million on the cap. Wow, <laughs> that's restructuring. Like they'll yeah. probably do stuff to restructure. But yeah, that team is a, a middle team. It lives in the middle. Yep, they they certainly do. I'm trying to see. Apologies for Saints Power Hour. You're good, but <laughs> um, I'm trying to see, just like do like pay trick. This is there's like a calculator that you can do like draft picks. The uh, if they would do fourteen, fifty five, eighty eight, and ninety, or sorry, fourteen for uh fifty five, eighty eight, ninety one, it doesn't quite get there, but if you put uh forty one in for uh. Instead of 55, you get pretty close. It's the 
Saints lose about 30%. The Packers gain about 40%. So if you if you swap firsts and then also give a second and a third, the Packers give too much, according to this calculator. But I don't know. I did, I just thought that'd be a decent idea. Mm-hmm. It, does, it, does it happen? Almost certainly not. But I would hope they, they just... They give it the old uh, razzle-dazzle. College, college try. Yeah, because... If I'm the Saints, I, I it's a grim future that I'm looking at. Why not just go load up on on young guys? Because I'm not sure Derek Carr is doing much for you. Michael Thomas doesn't exist anymore. Chris Olave is really your only guy in offense that you're really excited about because Kamara is aging and he wasn't good last year. Maybe they're as bad next year because, I mean, what they go eight and nine, nine and eight, and they didn't win their division. And that's because they played six games against the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Buccaneers. <laughs> the Saints are a team that is made with global warming in mind. The and, with, gonna... and with that, folks, my word. <laughs> that has been the latest episode of Talk of the Tundra. Thank you for listening. Um, if you find all things Step Podcast Network at gspn.info, all things Bucks coming from Ty and Rohan on, on the Eurostep. Uh, they just released an episode talking about um, talking about the post-break success that the uh, that the Bucks have experienced with wins over the Wolves and the Sixers. I believe tonight's win was a four-game winning streak, five-game. Damn right. I think it's four, right? Wolves, Sixers, four in a row. Hornets, Hornets. Yeah, they play as you're listening to this, to the, the Bulls tonight. Um, so hopefully they can, can continue that streak. Um, you can check out obviously Jordan and Adam on one and six. They just dropped an episode today talking about the new Giannis documentary. So you had said it was one of your favorite pods that you've recorded in a while, which I'm not offended, but I, it's Buck's pod, Buck's pod, <laughs> Packers pod. You got to separate it out. And with special guest, Andrew Snyder. So it's kind of a little, little crossover of. Bucks, Little Brewers, I believe, is mentioned. Uh, but also make time for this, our, you know, the pop culture pod that we do. So, yeah, I thought it was a very interesting conversation, just kind of the ins and outs of the honest talk, what worked, what didn't work. Like, he was telling a story for the third time fourth. in, like, two, fourth time in, like, three years, basically. Yep. So yeah, I, I I really liked how we covered everything, and I think we all kind of came to the same conclusion, which I won't divulge now. But yeah, if you haven't watched the doc, watch that first, and then listen to that. Speaking of make time for this, uh, last week, week ago, last Thursday, the uh, make time for this boys, Adam and Andrew talked about uh, the joys and tragedy of Iron Claw, Sean Durgan's tribute to one of wrestling's greatest families. I think I mentioned that last week, but no sense in not repeating it again. But also check out Adam and Andrew on Cruising for a Bruising as spring training has kicked off. And we are excited for the upcoming year of Brewers baseball. So with that, folks, that does it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We appreciate it. Jordan, thank you. Thank you.
everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.